Shalom again. On today's program, Ezekiel tells of a future attack and invasion of Israel. The names of the nations involved will probably not surprise you. Find out next on Our Jewish Roots with Bible teaching by Dr. Jeffrey Seid. The Lord said unto Ezekiel, Son of man, can these bones live? Prophesy upon these bones, and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thank you for joining us today. I am David Hart. I'm Kirsten Hart. I'm Jeffrey Seif. Okay, guys, today is the infamous Gog and Magog, right? The talk <laughs> of who are these world powers that are going to attack Israel in the end. Yes, the terms Gog and Magog uh, might not mean something to all that are listening, but Bible readers that are into prophecy, that are into Ezekiel, uh, that speaks to images of Russia the way it's been classically construed. Ezekiel speaks of Israel's resurrection and then trouble coming from the north, and that's the way those dots have been connected traditionally. Yeah, I was, I was sorry, I didn't mean to jump on no. you, but so many people are, they all try to uh, read into who is it? Who's that world power? And it's always kind of changing a little bit, isn't it? Well, the way people perceive it is changing in terms of authorial intent, uh, what Ezekiel had in mind, even if we don't get the names all correct, regional powers round about a reconstituted Israel uh, invest energies in snuffing the new state out. And uh, we certainly see that in modernity, just as he spoke about it in antiquity. War coming up in this program, yes? War, unfortunately, yes. Wars and rumors of war. Yes. Right now, we take you to Israel to hear more about that future war with Dr. Seif's teaching. Let's go there right now. Ezekiel 38. Place, a region north of Israel. Time, the latter years. A mighty army prepares to invade Israel all of them clothed with all sorts of armor, even a great company. And thou shalt come up against my people. Surely in that day, there shall be a great shaking in the land of Israel. Why do the nations rage? The psalmist raised that question thousands of years ago, and I wanna raise it now and answer it and I want to identify particularly what nations. Ezekiel, as we've seen in a previous segment, noted how the nations round about Israel proper, all around the rim of Israel, would incur God's judgment. He mentioned Ammon, Moab, Edom, 
Philistia, Gaza. He talked about Tyre and Sidon, which is modern Lebanon. In this segment, we'll see how Ezekiel expands the vision for the war that plays out at the very edge of time. Therein, Ezekiel goes beyond the local region and goes far north to what would arguably modern Russia. He goes to the far east, well, not to the far east as we know it, but certainly further from here, when he looks at Persia, which is modern Iran. I find it interesting that people say, no nuclear problem there today, but the prophet Ezekiel envisioned particular problems from that part of the world. And then he goes over into northern Africa as well, as Ezekiel forecasts things to come in a world caught ablaze. Here I'm at a place where there's acre after acre of the accoutrements of war, phantom jets, mirage jets. It speaks of the technology of a bygone era. There's different kinds of anti-aircraft battery, spirited souls, thought. Ezekiel had envisioned that Israel would be reconstituted at a nation state. Brave men laid down their life as God's instrument to facilitate that happening. And they armed these batteries and they manned these planes. You can hear planes streaking overhead as Israel gears up. It's a military culture as Israel makes itself ready for things to come, things described by the prophet Ezekiel, who noted in the 37th chapter that Israel would be reconstituted as a nation state. But then he went on to note that there's trouble coming as Israel's reemergence invokes the ire of states roundabout and brings into being then a conflict that will be a war that has no equal in human history. Invasion in Ezekiel's time. Spears, swords, the billowing clouds of barbaric hordes. Fast forward 2,600 years, and they shall know that I Yes, there'll be adversaries on the ground, and they'll be met by ground troops, as well as forces from the air. I'm coming to you in front of a famous weapon in Israel's arsenal, and this jet carried 28,000 pounds of bombs. And I'm sure before he took off, that pilot decided to fasten his seatbelts, and now, I want you to fasten yours and go with me on a journey back to the future, back in time. If you'll open up your Bibles, please, to the prophet Ezekiel, the 38th chapter. I'm going to read this in my version. You feel free to read it in yours. And the word of the Lord came to me saying, Ben Adam, son of man, Shim Ponecha El Gog, son of man, set your face toward Gog, uh, the leader of some confederacy. Eretz Hamogog, of the land of Magog. Magog, by the way, is arguably uh, a number of these countries, just uh, the southern part of the former USSR. Nasi Rosh Meshech Betubal, the chief prince of Meshech and Tubal, 
Both of these refer to land south of the Black and Caspian Seas. As noted in a previous segment, here the prophetic word is reaching beyond Israel and its immediate neighbors, and it's going into country that was once occupied by those that flew under the banner of the USSR. The prophet says, prophesy against them. And say, Thus saith the Lord God, I am against thee, O Gog. And it's not just Gog and those that work in that confederacy, uh, but the, the confederacy just noted, but the list of countries that are involved in this climactic war which God says he's against, is outlined further in verse 5. Parush, which would be Persia in antiquity, it's Iran in modernity. There's um, a, a federation of Russian satellites, and we're told here that, um, that Parush is involved. And you know, today, the relationship between Iran and, and, and Russia is so very fascinating, the way they've hopped in bed with each other, politically, militarily. It's the Russians that are helping fuel the, uh, the nuclear program that we're all like, uh, like ostriches sticking our heads in the sands. Just maybe if we don't look at it, we don't have to worry about it being there. The people that flew this plane here in Israel, they can't afford to be so comfortable. They can't afford uh, the exercise in self-deceit this prophet envisions there's a war. In chapter 37, Israel is reconstituted. In chapter 38, he sees energies being mobilized against this fledgling state. I wish people were Bible readers that made decisions about what they thought was happening in the world and how to deal with it. Well, he mentions here in verse 5, Perush, Persia, Kush, which would be Sudan, bleeding into Ethiopia. And then he goes put or put, which is modern Libya. What's interesting is this writer uh, sees Israel central. And then this writer observes uh, satellite Russian states. This writer observes uh, Persia or Iran. This writer observes as well that uh, states in Northern Africa getting involved in this coalition. He mentions in verse six, Gomer, Vercol, well, he mentions Gomer, just leave it at that. And then he says, Beit Togarma, the house of Togarma. And here we're looking at modern Turkey, arguably. What you need to do is go to a Bible atlas and look at these countries that are mentioned and see where they are. And you'll see the countries round about Israel. It's amazing that thousands of years ago, this prophet called the shot. And these shots that are fired in this war indeed will be shots that are heard around the world. And not only these states, but then he mentions at the tail end of verse 6, Amim Rabim Itok, he says, and many peoples with thee. There's this massive coalition of forces that have their energies vested in destroying this fledgling nation state. In verse eight, we're told, after many days, this army will be mustered for service. In the latter years, 
This is fascinating because the author telegraphs to the edge of time. While it's true that from Ezekiel's perspective, uh, the Persians wound up getting the better of the Babylonians, one could say that you can see movement in the, in the area, but there's nothing of the magnitude that's described here. This beckons one to look beyond the present into the future. And how fascinating is it that with the Hatikva chapter, with the regathering of Israel chapter, right after that, this author describes participants in a war, and we're seeing this happen before our eyes today. And this writer says that the war described yesterday belongs to tomorrow. He says, this belongs in verse 8, to the latter years. He says, you'll come against the land that's brought back from the sword. Israel is the land that was brought back from the sword, that is gathered out of many peoples, and you'll come against the mountains of Israel. The Bible said it, I believe it. And what's fascinating is what the Bible said then seems to be happening now. What a story. The Word of God proves true, does it not? Our resource this week, Coming the End, Russia and Israel in Prophecy. This book analyzes the world situation in surprisingly modern terms as it applies to end-time prophecy, insight for believers and unbelievers. This book provides tips on surviving the tribulation period. When you contact us, ask for our free monthly newsletter, The Levitt Letter, which is full of insightful articles and news commentary. Call 1-800-WONDERS or visit us at levitt.com. Our Jewish Roots is more than just a television program. See what you are missing on our social media outlets. On Facebook and Twitter, you'll find our daily Name of God devotional, current news articles, the Bearded Bible Brothers, and more. On our YouTube channel, you'll find Faith Foundations, music, interviews, the Bearded Bible Brothers, and more. Or find everything on our website, levitt.com. We invite you to keep in touch and join us on social media. We have so much more to offer you than just this television program. Many of you have already connected with us on social media. We have a monthly newsletter that Kirsten is a part of that you write monthly I do, articles. And, and I help edit it. And the, the best part about the newsletters they're free. Yes. They don't cost you a penny. The same with this program. It comes to you free, but it actually it, it costs a lot of money yes. to produce. As, as you've seen in this whole series, Dr. Seif is in Israel, but he's not there by himself. We have a whole production team. Their plane tickets to buy, their hotels to pay for. <laughs> it costs money. We want to bring the Holy Land to you through this camera, but it costs a lot of money. And uh, we are thankful for those that keep this program on the air and support us. Yes. Speaking of Dr. Seif and Israel, we're going back there right now and we're gonna find out more about this war. Thou shalt ascend and come like a storm. Thou shalt be like a cloud to cover the land. Thou and all thy bands and many people with thee.
and the dogs of war will be unleashed and the engines of war will be turned on and ramped up as pressures in the region move people to a war the likes of which history has not seen. Again, planes overhead, acres of planes round about. I'm coming to you from Israel, a country that's known war and is ready for war. If you'll look with me in Ezekiel chapter 38, verse 15, you'll discover that the war described here is spearheaded that come from forces out of the uttermost parts of the north. If you would look from Israel proper and go due north, you'd eventually run into Moscow. Here the prophet says, and you'll come from thy place out of the uttermost parts of the north, you and many peoples with thee. There's a federation. We've already considered different parties to that federation. In verse 16, the prophet says that this conflict is reserved for a point in history that this prophet calls, quote, the end of days. He says, it shall be in the end of days that I will bring you against my land, my land Israel. At the ragged edge of time, forces are mobilized to bring pressure to bear here in Israel. What's the outcome of this struggle? If you'll look with me, please, in verse uh, 23 at the end, we discover that, well, in the verse beforehand, God is going to rain hail, brimstone, that forces are going to be brought to bear to hold at bay the masses whose energies are invested in the destruction of the nation-state of Israel. The Bible says that he who keepeth watch over Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. But it seems to me that many in the church are slumbering and sleeping today. Many denominational officials have fallen asleep when it comes to Israel and the Jews. Many professors of theology have fallen asleep. Many pastors are asleep. And many in the pews are unaware of what's happening in the world because they don't perceive what was forecasted in the Word. Oh, if one would just take the Bible to mean what it says and says what it means, faith would be built up. But Jesus in his parable said at the end of days, many will slumber and sleep. But my hope is that many will wake up and smell the coffee and see that God is at work in the world, that forces aren't just spiraling out of control, but rather the Lord is watching over his word to perform it. To what end? In verse 23, he says, Thus will I magnify myself and sanctify myself, and I will make myself known in the eyes of many, many nations, and they will know that I am the Lord. At the end of days, God shows himself strong, with the net result that people come to acknowledge the God of Israel. But not everyone acknowledges the God of Israel. We're told here in the text that forces from due north will invest their energies against Israel, which reminds me, here I am in front of this jet, a phantom, a jet of a bygone era that was commandeered by the Syrians 
that came to Syria by way of Russia. A Syrian pilot defected, came to Israel. Israel offered the pilot residency. He opted to later go to North America. And while there, his head was unfortunately severed from his body. Time caught up with him, and the Syrians let him know what they thought of him. Friends, I believe that time will catch up with us. And instead of losing our heads, let's gain our wits. And the way that we can get our wits, I believe, is to look at world events through a biblical lens. Scripture says the Lord declares the end from the beginning. And I find it fascinating to hear review that the prophet Ezekiel envisioned that God would bring judgment to bear against the nations round about Israel. And not just those bordering the rim, but he mentions nations expanding due east and north and west that come against Israel. He notes as well that inasmuch as there's struggles against Israel in that context, he notes Israel's reemergence as a strong nation state. And then he says that these forces eventually come against Israel, but God watches over Israel and gives Israel good success at the end of days. What a story, what a word, straight from the pages of biblical literature. So we know this coming war is imminent. It's, it's going to happen. My question, and I think it's kind of been obvious, what do we do with that information? How do we walk out our day-to-day -day knowing this is coming? It's very dooming. We have to walk in hope, correct? I think Americans, whatever wars are happening in the Middle East, we're surrounded by thousands of miles of ocean on either side of, of our country, and we're not really worried about Canada. We're not really all that worried about Mexico, though there are concerns. Uh, to be sure. But people in other parts of the world are very much concerned about the geopolitical scene for fear of annihilation. For us, it's like, hmm, I wonder what is going to happen. But, but, but we, we're not faced with the pressures associated with it. I think Israelis that live in the land are concerned. Similarly, mothers of Arab boys and girls are concerned round about too. It's the children of both that are going to be involved in a conflagration. And unfortunately, Israel's presence stirs it up and there are tensions that still abide to this day. Goodness, Bible readers are concerned about trouble coming from across the Euphrates. That's where Iran is located. Mm -hmm. uh, to questions in today's program about Gog and Magog, trouble coming from the north, uh, the northern bear, Russia, raises its hoary head. So, so people are concerned, but I think for us here, it's more of a curiosity than anything. Com Go ahead. I was going to say, we've been saying this for 40 years on this program. At the end of our program, pray for mm -hmm. the peace of Jerusalem. We, we don't just say it, but we, we mean that to, to pray for Israel, for yes, Jerusalem. Yes, and, and, and that's for the sake of Jewish children and Arab children roundabout. Uh, uh, blood flows the same color from both, and mothers weep over the death of their sons in both cases. And... Uh, we want peace in the world for all peoples of the world. While it's true, uh, this program is aimed to accentuate Israel's emergence uh, in the latter days, but Israel's emergence 
uh, isn't to facilitate war, though apparently that happens, but it's God's plan to rejuvenate and restore planet Earth yep. and all peoples and families on it. I really appreciate you saying about mothers on all ends. It, it, if, you know, uh, Russia's the gog, if, 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 their mom's up there, that those are their kids going out to fight. And those are husbands and brothers. And we lose sight of the humanity in the picture of what's coming. And that's, that's hard sometimes you know, to lose the humanity of it. Russian mothers have lost tens of thousands of their own in, 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 in recent memory. You know, this political intrigue, power send these barely teenagers off to war to do the dying. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, you know, I want to be sympathetic toward all of that. And I appreciate that. And uh, we have two boys. I, I can't imagine them being involved in this coming uptime war. Nobody wants that. We want peace. And I think the good news of Ezekiel's message, the, the, the piece of the puzzle, is that God's hope is to restore all of humanity also. Yes, and we need it. In the last hundred years, over a hundred million have died. And, uh, you know, in the Newer Testament, we're told we're not contending against flesh and blood, but, uh, and there is evil in the world and an evil one. And, uh, you know, it's the young principally that are thrown you know, in, into these battlefields, World War One uh, wiped out teenage population mm -hmm. in Europe, mm -hmm. you know, and it's tragic for everyone. It is, and uh, I guess in the meantime, we pray, we pray, we pray for peace. We pray for the people involved and we reach as many souls as we can, I think. Well, uh, kudos to those that pray for the world and, we want to bring peace to all people in it. I love Jewish people. I love the Israeli nation state. I love and God loves Arab peoples mm -hmm. too. May it be that uh, what it says on the Christmas cards comes true soon. Peace on earth and goodwill toward all That's women it. and men. Red and yellow, to... black and white. Right. All are precious in his sight. Yeah. Speaking of sight, <laughs> we got to go out of sight. Yeah. Come back next week, please. Until then, Sha'alu Shalom Yerushalayim. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Join us right now for additional content that is only available on our social media sites. Visit our website, levitt.com, for the current and past programs, the television schedule, tour information, and our free monthly newsletter, which is full of insightful articles and news commentary. View it online, or we can ship it directly to your mailbox every month. Also on our website is the online store, 
There you can order this week's resource, or you can always give us a call at 1-800-WONDERS. Your donations to Zola Levitt Ministries helps us to support these organizations as they bless Israel. Please remember, we depend on tax-deductible donations from viewers like you.